Welcome to another episode of the Grassroots Church Roundtable Podcast, a podcast that is simply a discussion between a couple of local church leaders. Today we're going to be giving out some life tips from me and my friend Darren. He's an elder of Grassroots Church. I'm an elder of Grassroots Church. And today we're just going to be giving out some, some life slash faith tips. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. But Darren, how is that... How is that uh, Regular Lipton's tea you're trying. I don't like hot tea. I'm going to finish it because I drink entirely too much coffee, and I'm trying to find an alternative, and I like a hot beverage. Yeah, yeah. And (laughs) I love it. And so I'm trying to get some, some hot tea in there. I just have never tried a hot tea that I like, so I think I have to keep drinking it to get, because coffee is so bold. And and such a strong flavor, and I love it. Tea is rather subtle. Tea is a lot more subtle. It's it's art. It's jazz, whereas coffee is death metal. uh, I'll say, I'll say, if if anybody has any recommendations, then please pass them on over to me. I will apologize, Uh, Angie. I'm not quitting coffee. You know that. So I still fully support the coffee industry. And third. From last week, uh, Ellie, I owe you any kind of coffee at the Wild Bean that you want. Any drink from the Wild Bean. You, you, you got us our two, two words, so well done. You earned it, Ellie. You earned it. I followed up on that. That's how intrigued I was. I had an interest in this. So I followed up with you last Friday, as you recall. And I told you my phone is just starting to play music. Dude, I thought you were about to go into monologues. <laughs> no. Turn that back up and uh, say just... what you were about to say and turn that back up, please. Okay, hold on, hold on. Uh, Ellie pulled over on her way home from work. She was so excited, so uh, so proud. She's like, I know these words, and I want to make sure to uh, communicate those as soon as you can. And she pulled over on her way home from work, texted me, and she... One, I think I think you did good. I liked how you did that towards the end. You wanted to let your tone match the atmosphere of the song, <laughs> yeah. so you'd have to slow it down. Oh my goodness, hey, Ellie, <laughs> with the celestial beans. That's right, celestial, B-E. celestial beans. Is it celestial? No R. I don't know, I Kelly. Don't, well, now you have me doubting, Kelly. Now you have me doubting. I don't know, celestial. 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 Okay, somebody's got to let us know. Daggone it. Hold on. Somebody's got to let us know. Well, okay. Hey, I'm Siri, a- how do you spell celestial? Celestial. I'm wrong. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Don't. Don't hold on. Here, can you turn the turn our music back up so I can make a formal apology to our friends for being a dunce? Hey, listen here, friends. Ain't nobody perfect. I never claim to be. But I am someone that wants to claim his imperfections and work through them. I apologize for my mispronunciation, misspelling, and overall mischaracterization of celestial beans. That'd be a great name for coffee, though. Celestial beans. B-E-A-N-S. I think I know what happened, though. Terrestrial. You're right. The aliens made me do it. Yep. Yep. 
We need to do another podcast on aliens. I've learned a little bit. Hey, hey, okay. I want to. Th- all right. No, I'm not. Nope, to, you're not. I can't. I'm I don't know what you're not. But nope, chain. you're not. I'm not going to you know, talk about the Department of Defense and the information about UAPs. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say I told you so. But I do have opinions. I would be happy, friends, to talk to you about. Darren, you're fist pumping. Yes, I am. Is it because of the DOD? I just got such good news. Uh, oh, is it? Is it a boy? It's. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that to me. Is it a girl? Uh, definitely don't do that to me. <laughs> uh, no, just really, really good news. I'll share with you off air. We'll share with the church soon. Does it involve me? Ah, well, okay. Well, uh, you know, it involves the church, so yes, it involves you. Grassrootswb.com. <laughs> uh, yeah. So- Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Good news. We'll share with the church soon. Very, very, very good news. We are such a blessed people. We're a blessed people, man. I know. And I'll brag on our friends tuning in right now. And also, just the church in general. We oh, so we have such high-quality character individuals. Oh. And I'm very thankful for that. So, friends, thank you so much for being the better person. You got me beat. So what I'm about to say, take it with a grain of salt. Darren, uh, we did something a few years ago. I think we did an episode and called it Unsolicited Advice. Kind of poking fun at folks that just tell other people what to do. Like, you know how people just throw out advice everywhere? It's like, which is not really what we're supposed to do to encourage or build up others. But we decided to just run with that and give unsolicited advice. I kind of want to revisit that. But I was thinking that we can do that on a more pointed level. Because you've been in ministry for decades, 20... Why you got to say it like that? Because it sounds like your experience. <laughs> it is. Uh, I, I'm kidding. Um, I'm in my 22nd year of ministry. Right. And I'm in my second decade. So you're in your third decade. I'm in my second decade. And I thought, you know, maybe we have some experience, some not so much unsolicited advice, but pointers or tips we can give our friends tuning in right now just to make things a little better. Maybe, you know, let's just say in a metaphorical sense, your life is like Mario Kart and, you know, you're in second place. Maybe you need a mushroom to get you to the first place. We, I want to give you the mushroom today, friends. Anything you want to say, Darren? Uh, so we'll just get started. I want to give you the star. I don't want to be that guy. No, we'll just Take get it started. Easy. One mushroom, a little bit. But I just figured, you know, you being a pastor as long as you have me, being involved in various ministries as I have, maybe just have some experience we would like to share, little little pointers that help us in our day-to-day, both by way of faith and life in general. So it's, it's pointed, unsolicited advice. And, Darren, I told you several of mine this morning, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you have the floor Elder Statesman. Well, I think I can bring in just something that happened last night at group. Um, we were we were wrapping up group, and I asked if anybody had any questions. And uh, the esteemed, and I do mean esteemed, Megan Copenhaver, who we both love so much, uh, very mature believer, lover to death. She brought up. Uh, she said, I've got a question, because it was my birthday. My 42nd birthday was yesterday. And she brought up, she said, what is one piece of advice? She said, I always ask people this on their birthday. What's one piece of advice you would give? And that's one of my tips, is what I said yesterday. Enjoy every season. 
enjoy every season. Now, I know there are tougher seasons than seasons is. Are we talking time of year? No. Or are we talking about episode, seasons of life? Chapters of one's life. Yeah. All seasons right. of life. Um and this is I, I looked at Ryan and Gina, who have been married just over a year, and I said, Hey, what did you get asked? I'd say this to couples all the time. I'm like, uh, what did people ask as soon as you got engaged? Oh, when are you getting married? I said, as soon as you got married, what did people ask? When are you having a kid? I said, guess what people ask as soon as you have a kid? When are you having another? Like, everybody's always trying to push people to the next season. And I'm like, listen, if you're just single right now, enjoy that season of singleness. Even though there's times you're like, man, I really wish I was married. Enjoy that season of singleness. When you're married, enjoy that single season of marriage. Don't just be like, now when can we have kids? When you have a kid, Lord willing, enjoy that season. I know you enjoyed the season with Rowan. Now you're enjoying the season with Rowan and Ruthie. It's like, enjoy the season you're in, whatever it is, uh, be it a, a hard season, a difficult one, um, a more relaxed season, uh, an angsty season, one that things are going well, or, or you're, whatever it is, enjoy this time. God's at work in this time. He's not waiting for you to move on to the next season before he starts working in your life. Enjoy whatever you're in and look where God's working right now. Seasons greetings from Darren Cherry. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, so if you're in a season where your furnace is broken. Hot tea is no good. Ah, I told you I'm the heathen that will keep my bag in for too long, but woo, I got strong on me quickly, so. That's strong? Like, I, I've never, I've never drank hot tea, so I'm like, I don't know. Like, this is strong. I don't know how long has that bag been in there. The whole time. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I'll, I'm, I'm leaving it in because I want strong. Go ahead. Sorry, I totally cut you off. I apologize. Oh no! I just said season season's greetings from Darren. So yeah, enjoy the season. If your furnace is broken in the middle of winter, like just enjoy it. Enjoy the enjoy the bitter cold. Like enjoy walking out. 5.30 in the morning trying to chop wood without any light. That way your family can wake up and have some pedigree of warmth. Love it. So, see what I did there? I did. Hey, we're okay. We're okay. It's very warm. Matter of fact, Darren, I was walking into the theater like 20 minutes ago, and I heard birds chirping. It's like 55 degrees outside. Oh, so nice. I'm, I'm enjoying that season. Yeah, I, uh, I'm looking right now like what my app says. Now, it's supposed to rain all day, but it says 52 right here mm. fairly right now. No, but I Glory appreciate, to God. I appreciate that input because you said that whenever I mean, Rowan was baby, baby Rowan, like six years ago almost, you were like, just enjoy your kid's age at what they are. It's like, enjoy the one-year-old. Enjoy the two-year-old. Enjoy the six-year-old. Don't don't rush it to be like, oh, I just can't wait until your potty train. It's like, no, just enjoy the, the 18-month-old diaper explosions while you can. Because... It is true. Like, you miss those things. Like, Rowan has her own, like, personality now, and she's just like a, a little lady. Um, we bonded <laughs> when I was a stay-at-home dad. So it's just, it, it's good, like, to just meet them where, where they are and enjoy the season of their development. I like that. Do you know what I always end up missing when the boys got older and then now that Lincoln's gotten older? Uh, no. <laughs> Random toys laying around the house. I grow to miss that. Now it's like an Xbox controller. Yeah. Bag of Fritos. You know, it, it, they 
gamer fuel empty cans rolling around empties <laughs> rolling around everywhere yeah it's it's not that it you get to where there's no just and i know a lot of parents are probably thinking man i can't wait till my house is cleaner and it's like i get that i mean i understand that but at the same time i miss random toys later it's also good house. for marriage as well because everyone romanticizes overly romanticizes overly adheres to the honeymoon phase because when Jesse and I were in the quote-unquote honeymoon phase, everyone was quick to point that out. Like, yeah, you, you say that now, but you're only in the honeymoon phase. Wait until you live together for seven years. But I will say this. It's like, do I, I, I adored our years together. I reflect upon them with joy. But I love being married to a mature woman. Ain't no girl. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? Like, a mature, natural lady. Anyway, I better stop. <laughs> I was about to quote... Um, it you know it's not important what I was about to say. I'm just going to transition to my little free give us one bits of advice. I'm going to start with the lighter one that is just applicable on so many levels. It's so simple, but it is so effective. Write stuff down. Took me forever to figure out the benefits of that because yes, writing something down helps you to remember and to recall. It's not even so much I need to write this down so I can read it later on. You watching yourself write something down or type something into your notes app, just by seeing you type those words out, it tends to stick in the brain better. So if you want to remember something, yeah, write it down. But I've also realized that the emotions that I would have in a present moment tend to overwhelm my clarity. For example, like if if I get if if I have a thought or something happens and I can't drop that thought that makes me feel anxious or angry, something like that. I found that <clears throat> for me, just write, write, write that down. Put it in a notes app. And in my mind, actually consider that being like I'm pulling out a, a nice vase from a cluttered closet. I'm going to put it on the shelf. And I can go and I can look at it whenever I want. Basically, by putting your thoughts on the paper, they don't have to occupy brain space anymore. Like you can come and go with that information as you choose. And it frees you up to consider things that don't bring anxiety, worry, doubt, etc. But it also works well for, I realize, for good things as well. So if you have a good experience, if you're feeling some good emotions for some reason, something good happened, a lot of joy, write that down. Because you know what you can do later on? You can, you know, a couple months later, flip back through that and read about it. And like that moment, it's almost like that uh, mentality was frozen in time on that paper. So write stuff down, yes, to better remember, yes, to better organize your thoughts, yes, for posterity reasons, so people remember. I mean, you got to write stuff down. You want people to remember you the right way, and what you write down has it would be big into that. But also just to, you remember how, Gan uh, not Gandalf, ooh, Dumbledore, they called it the Pensieve, where he would put the wand to his head and basically pull out like a strand of smoke, which was a thought or a memory, and put it in the Pensieve. It's like whenever you have all these thoughts and stuff, dude, put it in the pensive. And that way you can better focus on what it is you need to get done. So write stuff down. Help yourselves out. Easy. You want to know a byproduct of writing stuff down as well? For me, at least. I don't feel as overwhelmed because I'm not trying to remember everything I need to do. Yeah, because you spend so much energy trying to remember. What am I supposed instead to do? Instead of working gotta... through it and having the conversation. So if I just write yeah. a note down real quick, I have a notes app, and I have different notes in my notes app where I write things down. And if I have that, then I'm good to go. I, I know it's there. I don't have to try to remember because when I go to my app, I know my list of stuff. So I don't feel as overwhelmed. And easy thoughts because I, I put something in my notes app the other day. I had a thought because sometimes I know, I, I'm convinced I know the right thing to do, but sometimes since I'm human, I don't do it. 
and I, I had this fob that I put down that I revisited later on because I'm like, what was that thing I was, oh, and I wrote the phrase, <laughs> I have convincing myself of the right thing to do, convincing myself to do the right thing that I already know in that internal internal monologue, which is interesting because it's like, you know, the, the internal debate of like, ah, I know this is the right thing to do, but should I do it? It's like, dude, convince yourself of the right thing. Let that let that voice be the the loudest one in your heart. What you got, Darren? Well, my next one actually plays off of what you just said. Um, something that I encourage people to do is uh, keep a prayer journal. And what a prayer journal is just simply uh, as you pray, you know, it might be prayer requests. It might be even just thoughts as you've been praying, those types of things. Mm-hmm. But um, what a prayer journal does is gives you a record that you can look back and go, man, God did answer that prayer. Man, I did see God at work in that situation when it was going on. Oh, I do remember when, you know, we prayed over that person and we saw, you know, healing or, or God at work. And and so I always encourage people, you know, it's not like a, you're not writing a prayer memoir. <laughs> a manifesto of prayers yeah, by Darren it's Cherry. Just <laughs> a prayer journal. It's just, on this day I prayed for this and continue to pray. And then after so long, I saw God answered. And, and you know, sometimes it might not be the answer you thought you were going to get, but but he answered that prayer. You saw it happening. Um, and so it's like, it's just encouraging to be able to go back. Because there's a lot of times, we, we something I, I, I try not to do myself, and I try to walk people through. Um, if you were to call me, and, which somebody's trying to do right now, um, if you were to call me and be like, Man, I, I've got, I've got to preach this Sunday, and I have too much going on. And I'm like, well, what do you got going on? Well, I've just, you know, work and this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, what's what's the this, that, and the other? Like work and and family and all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, what's what's all this other stuff? We compound things in our head a lot of times, and 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 it, and it does. It overwhelms us. I know I do that. Where it's just like, man, I've got this and this and this, and it's like I'm compounding it, and. So a lot of times when we think, you know, God hasn't answered my prayers. Why doesn't he ever answer my prayers? And we start compounding that where I've been praying for something for so long and he's never answered. But if you have this prayer journal, you go back and you go, man, I forgot he did answer that one. And, oh, that's right. I saw him work through that. That's right. He didn't answer the way I wanted him to, but he did answer that prayer. And so it's just encouraging, I think, to people to see yeah, we said it before in group, I, I feel like on the surface, 100% of our prayer requests are answered affirmatively. Now, that is an exaggeration because I don't have the data in front of me, but I've always said we need to start a chart, like this ongoing way of tracking answered prayers because we'll find very quickly, be able to see on that paper, on that chalkboard, what have you, just how faithful God actually is to see it um, and to be reminded of it. That's good. Keep a prayer journal, y'all. Start writing stuff down. Write it down. Write it down. My um, other little little pointer for life, it, actually, this is more for Christians, our Christian listeners. But, you know, hey, if you're not a Christian, you should be. That's my invitation. And <laughs> That's the, the tip of the day. Uh, go to Scripture first before Google, because I've done this in the past, and it messes me up. To where, and I used the, the illustration this morning about... Uh, comparing Genesis 1, the creation account, versus the creation background, if you will, of Genesis 2, comparing, like, creation. So um, it's like, okay, 
Well, I want to compare the terminology used in Genesis 1 in regards to creation, compare that to Genesis 2 and find levels of consistency. It is so easy for me to just Google it and then go down that Google YouTube rabbit trail. It is, if, if someone, like whenever I do that, it is basically the algorithms, the paid advertisements, the most popular or the most controversial pieces of media that Google and YouTube are going to lay before me. So it's not like I'm being led so much by the spirit and trusting in him, like in my heart and in my mind, but it's like the algorithm things like leading me to a certain conclusion. I would recommend before going online and doing research, if anyone anyone has any questions about faith, salvation, anything anything Christian related, because we have the Holy Spirit in us, trust in that and go to the scripture first. That would look like according to the illustration I put forth a moment ago, just praying for a few moments, like, you know, provide clarity on this, help me to see, and just start reading through Genesis 1 and 2 and meditate on that and think about it and consider it. And then hit up online resources and see where some others who might specialize in that area can add little tidbits of information to kind of clog up those leaky holes of reasoning. (laughs) No, I, I totally agree because the fact, and we do this with anything, um, a lot of times, I always say this, I'm not a very good advice giver because a lot of times I think what people want in advice is they just want you to affirm what they're already thinking. And if you don't affirm what they are, you're already, they're already thinking, then they're like, ah, now I'm, I'm going to go a different direction. It's like, well, you, asked, you just asked my advice and this is, this is my advice. And so a lot of times when we need something, we go to the latest blogs. We go to our favorite preachers um, because we want to hear something we already agree with. Uh, whereas we need to we need to turn to Scripture first uh, because Scripture is just going to be God's truth, lovingly given to God's people, and the Holy Spirit's going to lead us, whether we like it or not, to agree with and abide by it. And so, we, yeah, I'm with you. Go to Scripture first. And I'm, I'm much more open. If someone was to be like, hey, I have a few questions about something you mentioned in a sermon a little bit ago, if I, I'm much more inclined to listen to, because I was reading through it, and here's where I'm at, versus, well, Tim Keller says this. It's like, all right, well, what do you say? You know, got to yeah. have that, the legs under yourself to go through that. Well, how many times have we said, please don't ever go around in your life or town or whatever saying, well, my preacher always said, it's like, no, no, just say what scripture says, please. Yeah. And thank you, grassroots, because you don't do that. (laughs) Really? So thank you for that. So I said, write stuff down. You said, have prayer journal. I said, uh, hit scripture instead of Google first. Darren, you got any more? Um, I've I've got two. Um, Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong note. Uh, one, I think, has been exasperated due to the pandemic. Exacerbated? Exasper- what did Exasperate I say? Exasperate is, is not, I think you mean exacerbate, but look, I'm just bitter about the You're just celestial. correcting me. I'm just upset still about the whole celestial thing. But actually, I think you are correct on this one, so I will. Hey, friends, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's. Yeah, I think it's been exasperated. Exactly. What did you say? <laughs> exacerbate. Hey Siri, define exacerbate. Let's see. Exacerbate means make a problem 
bad situation or negative feeling worse. Okay, there okay, we go. Siri, define exasperate. Exasperate means irritate and frustrate someone intensely. Well, no, the, the, what you said is the one I'm looking at. Exacerbate, got you. So both real words, but just I was using the wrong word. Um, hey, I'm here to help. <laughs> so the pandemic isolated everybody so much. Uh, I can remember coming back to Sunday gatherings and somebody who hadn't been here coming back and you just see each other and there's just this moment of euphoria of it's like, I'm so good, I'm so glad to see you. Like, I haven't seen you. And and I'm just happy we're in the same room again. And my my little tip uh, is don't don't isolate. When you're going through something difficult, it's easy. And, and when I say that, I mean, it is easy. It's easiest for all of us to just isolate, to just get away, uh, to get out, because um, I don't want to deal with anything. And so we isolate ourselves. When, when we start struggling with sin, we run from the church, and we, weren't, we run from God because it's easier uh, but in the long run, it's not better, it's not healthier, it's not good, it's not right. Um, and, and then on top of that, I don't, whether somebody's an introvert, uh, an extrovert, somebody's people-oriented, task-oriented, whatever, we're still all meant to connect. And so we've, we've used this example for years, and we have so many people that affirm this illustration that there are nights where I just don't feel like going to group on Wednesday night. It's been a long week already. Wait, We're only halfway through Need Elder? What? Yeah. It, it's already been a long week. I'm tired. Darren, your humanity is showing. I know. I don't have one of those, but I guess I do. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's like, but then I'm always so glad I do go. It, I, I get to hang out. I get to dig into the Word together. I get to pray together. And, and so we are not meant to isolate, even though it is easier. Um, in the long run, it's not better. And so that's my tip. Don't isolate. Uh, lean in. Lean into the Lord, uh, what the Holy Spirit's doing in your, your heart and your life. Lean into that. Um, lean into the body of Christ at the church, and, uh, and don't isolate. Yeah, I, just to go with what you're saying, because I think we all, if we're being honest, would say, yeah, sometimes, you know, just a tough day before a group, and it's like, I really just don't want to deal with the group and stuff right now. It's like, oh, it's so difficult. Um, you know, I think that, that, and that would weigh on someone if they're considering group. It's like, well, what if I don't want to go sometimes? That's a hard commitment to make. But I think the way that our mission is organized through groups, it's like commitment practice. Because that's the whole point of life. It's like staying committed, even whenever sometimes you don't want to, making the sacrifices and just doing it because you made the commitment. Like on the surface, in the in its most simplistic way, it's like, man, just to, to be able to make commitments and stick to them, it's good practice, which makes it easier. I feel like later on, whenever it's like, oh, I'm about to engage in something huge, which requires a big commitment on my end, I've got a little track record over here, like commitment practice. So, yeah. Hey, parents, grow your kids in that. I'll be honest. Now, this has been years ago. Uh, I was going past um, Ronsford Island Park, and a friend of mine from uh, FBC Fairly was coaching Little League. 
So I was like, hey, I'm going to go watch him coach Little League. Like, I love, my boys weren't in Little League yet. And I was like, I want to I watch a Little League game. Those are some of my favorite memories as a child is playing in Little League. I absolutely loved it. And so um, I'm watching this game. And some of the rules have changed. And listen, for the age that those kids are at, I don't care. It's everybody's on the field at once. And everybody gets to bat when it's their team's turn to bat. That's definitely not the rules of baseball. It's not the rules I had as a kid. There were bench players, you know, when I was a kid. But for their age, I don't mind those rules, whatever. But halfway through the game, I see a parent take their kid up to the coach and say, hey, uh, they're they're done playing for today, so I'm just going to go ahead and go. And it's like, you're halfway through the game. Like, that's a terrible precedent to set for your child by way of commitment. Mm-hmm. That like, yeah, I want to do this, and yeah, I'm on a team, and yeah, I said I'd be here, but you know what? Just not today. I'm done. I'm leaving. And the parent's like, okay, my boys always know, hey, if you are going to start something, you're going to finish. So, hey, I'd like to try soccer. It's like, all right, G, we'll take you. We will be committed. If at the end of the season you just go, soccer's not my thing, that's fine. But you will finish the season. There's no quitting halfway through. And and I just, that carries over into us as adults. Absolutely. Because you know how many times I wake up in the morning and it's like, I really don't want to go to work today. But it's like, and always, like, here's my internal dialogue. It's like, man, I don't want to go to work today. I don't feel like dealing with people could call in like at seven a year. Nah, that's not right. Just to not do something because I don't feel like doing it. It's like no, we can we can we can do better than that. How how was it you phrased that though? Whenever you started that, because we're talking about commitment right now. But what led us to that? What was your your tip? Because remember you said enjoy the season. Oh, don't ago. isolate. Don't isolate. Yeah, commitment yeah. practice. Yeah, you so said I, commitment practice. Yeah, commitment practice. Practice commitment. <laughs> so that wasn't even my advice. I just yeah, don't isolate. I'm, yeah, reach out. Do you Thanks. have any more tips? I have um, one more, but do you have any yeah, more? Yeah, I have one more. Oh, we perfect. might have the same one, actually, that we talked about earlier. Ring a bell about reasonable expectations. No, you just roll with it. I think mine. Okay. I'm going to roll with this. Um, thinking about New Year's and my failures often to not meet New Year's resolutions. No, Adam. New Year, new you. I know. Claim it, claim it, baby. <laughs> I'm claiming the six-pack I don't have. I'm going to gaslight someone, and they're like, hey, you got a pudgy tummy, and be like, hey, it's a six-pack. It is a I know, it's, I know what gaslight means now. Yeah, we're, we're trying, Darren. <laughs> don't want to exacerbate our celestial interpretation of seasons. Just put together like 20 things we talked about in one, one go. But uh, I found that oftentimes <laughs> when it comes to eradicating a bad habit, a bad sin, or trying to create a good habit or a good lifestyle change like start simple and i know just speak to having conversations within the uh, christian community that we're a part of someone it like it's hard to to start uh cultivating the habit of intentional dedicated time to reading scripture and praying through it at least once a day the hardest part is actually starting that. And I feel like what happens is someone like myself, I've done this before, you think about, you know, all these great theologians and preachers and all even people that I know personally. It's like, man, 
like Francis Chan said that he he asked that his elders spend at least an hour a day in prayer. It's like, gosh, that's that's intense. It's intimidating almost. So someone's like, I'm going to I'm going to start this new habit. I haven't done it before, but I'm going to read scripture and pray through it an hour a day. And that's awesome if that's what you all are to do. But how about this? Let's start the habit first. Give yourself 5 minutes. Easy. 5 minutes. Just read get the ESV and just read through the subheadings throughout the different chapters. Just 5 minutes. Read through it, pray through it. Start the habit first before we think about like no, no, just like let's worry about the habit. At first, same thing with eradicating habits. It's like my propensity to snack forever. I don't eat meals. I just snack on everything all day, which apparently is what you're supposed to do, according to some, but I digress there. But mini in the meals, evenings, mini meals. Yeah, sometimes get carried away with the uh, the chips, beverages. That's not a mini meal. etc. nachos. <laughs> Even last night I was eating nachos at like 9.30. Hi, I'm me. Uh, instead of being like, oh, I want to be a healthy person to watch everything that I consume. It's one thing to say, no, I'm just going to 100% be a vegan and let's roll with it. I'm going to go to the gym every day for two hours. How about this? After six o'clock, don't eat anything. That, that's reasonable. So start small, develop the habit first, and then start filling in the substance. So start reasonably small. It's okay. And if you mess up, just keep on going. My, my final tip actually plays right off of that is just grow in disciplines. Um, and, and I think just it's the same thing you're saying that to grow in, and that's why I said to grow in, I was thinking to grow in prayer is not to say, I'm going to get up an hour earlier every day and spend that time in prayer. Some of y'all, y'all have that resolve. You have that, but I don't. And so some would be like, yeah, I started that and I stuck to it. That's awesome. Apostle Paul. Uh, some of us don't have that, um, and so there there needs to be a so snarky. Paul's going to. I don't know if he's listening right now. I don't know if he has that capacity, but uh, he don't he don't care what I'm saying. But we'll talk when I get to heaven. Um, he uh, or when, but there are so many that it's like you know what you need to do. You do need to wake up ten minutes early. Just wake up ten minutes early, and and just take that time walking in your house, just praying over those in your house. You know, just start somewhere yeah. and grow in disciplines. Uh, I had a teen in our youth group in Martinsburg that wanted, he wanted to start studying scripture. So I gave him some tools, uh, some commentary, some things, and he fizzled out so quick because the first time he sat down, he sat down for like two and a half hours and covered like two verses. It's like, that's great. But you don't go from a, a new believer to scholar. Yeah, you don't go from like, hey, I haven't really read much of Scripture or prayed through it, so I'm going to sit down and write this treatise on God's sovereignty. Yeah, like like you have to start somewhere. Um, change over listening to music or uh, a podcast or... Uh, sports radio in the car on the way to work to listening to scripture. Change something simple like that. Uh, change instead of reading the morning newspaper, which I don't online. I don't know if those exist. No, uh, no, no, no. morning newspaper. Yeah, instead of reading that or what's the latest headlines on Fox News or CNN uh, with your morning coffee to reading scripture. Hey. That's just good advice altogether. Before we hear about the 
anxieties of the world. Let's just start with today. And keep it simple. You said earlier while we were enjoying our coffee and sustenance at the Wild Bean. Indeed. Um, Indeed. That we, you were still talking about that people are so hopeless. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's why I think I'm so thankful for our focus this year for 2023 for grassroots is unity and hope, unity within the church as we take the hope without, uh, outside into the world. That Because the church can show the world both. And, and so... Absolutely. And there, there are so many... Do you hear a siren? Oh, it's totally... They found us. Oh, Dang it. Darren, Darren, quit. Put the cup up. <laughs> I'm trying to make my way through this tea. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you let Go it... Ahead. You put it in there too long, and oh, maybe that's... next time consider some creme. Yeah, maybe. You can put some creme half in half. there. So, go ahead. What were you saying? Before the Oh, wait. What were we you? talking about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got to hurry this up because I might not be here much longer, uh, friends. Uh, what were we talking about? Hope and unity. We take the hope out because the world doesn't have any hope or unity. It needs to see it in us as the church. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so online right now. And I feel like it's like this every year, every election cycle in particular. But it does seem like there is an increased trend with the different wars that are happening and food, upcoming food shortages. Price of eggs. Good grief, yes. (laughs) 60%. Avian flu, they say. Bum, bum. I think I've just been eating a lot of wings for the past 10 years. So this does affect me. And I am not, now. I'm kidding, um, all as well. But, like, you know, apocalyptic, Armageddon type of end time stuff. It's like, man, it, it's one thing to, you know, say, I'm going to take the hope out. Hey, world, oh, you better get ready. You're going to get judged, and God's wrath is coming down on you. Woo! It's like, okay, that's part of it. But the other half is like, man, no matter what happens, we can seek refuge in Christ. And he's he's there with us the entire time, no matter what happens. It's like, so I think the church has some responsibility to bear in this crazy, hopeless sense or identity that tends to just dominate our Western global culture at this point. Get what I'm saying? It's like we gotta it, it you gotta give them off. something. Don't just take away something. Like give something back. So I, I hope everyone's understanding me well. Like, yeah, it's like we want to give, not just speak death and condemnation, but also, like, the hope that's found in Christ also. Like, you got to have a direction to go. It can come off as naive. Me? No, the Christian perspective oh. of hope in Christ. It can come off as naive, but uh, but it's not naivety. It's actually an understanding of the proper interpretation of what's going on in the world and what God's doing. Um, and so, yeah, we've got the hope. We've got the unity. And I hope I hope these tips have helped. Yeah, I hope you all have been blessed by this little tiny, little tiny episode of the Roundtable Podcast. If you all ever need anything, you know where to find us on a website. You can call, text. We're always available. We very, 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 very much appreciate you all. Love you to death. You all are awesome. You enjoy your day and enjoy those tips. They're free. We got you.